You know what? I totally agree with you all the time, but except for, you know what actually is a great movie? Is Armageddon. Hi, friends. Hello. You thought we wouldn't be back, but we're still here. <laughs> still happening. Hello. We thought that we'd do... Uh, coronavirus movie recommendations. Yeah. You guys are stuck at home, we assume. You need stuff to watch. A lot of people want the wrecks. Isaac so and I have very discerning rest. taste in very movies. Very discerning taste. Extremely. Charles wrote a, a movie about a killer Christmas tree, so you know that he That's knows That's just one stuff. of many scripts that I have. <laughs> very um, proud One day of I'm going to go fund me that. I'm going to go fund me that. Go fund That's right. me movie. Yeah. I'm going to go fund me movie. Go fund me movie. <laughs> so, yeah, we've... I have my little list that I've oh, uh, picked out. I'm just going to riff. You're going to riff? riff? I'm going to riff. I actually don't have a lot of... I don't really have movies. What do you have? Uh, TV shows? Yeah, I have shows. What are your shows that you recommend? Well, the show I'm watching right now is called Devs. What's that? It's the show from Alex Garland, the oh. writer of Ex Machina. Yes. And Annihilation. Annihilation. He's kind of like uh, the sci-fi writer, director of the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw him interviewed actually once at an annihilation screening and he was interviewed by a like extremely hyper gay dude mm-hmm. and, uh, hyper how just very, just would not white. stop sucking cock. He just, which just would everyone's, not stop sucking his dick. Everyone's dicks were sucking. <laughs> and he was very, very flamboyant. And Alex Garland was like visibly over it. Which was actually really funny because that's that's happened twice. <laughs> what does that mean? Like that's happened two times. I also saw Warner Herzog get uh, interviewed by this super flamboyant like uh, director of the Hammer Museum or something, and Warner Herzog was also like visibly fucking over it because it was a Yas Queen situation. Like the guy, kept, both of them. The kept, guy was too excited. They both kept trying to Yas Queen Warner Herzog like, and Alex Garland. Oh my god! Yeah, yes. was that? Yeah, yeah. And and both of them were just like so. It was the energy, you know, yeah. It was not energy. the homosexuality that was the true problem. Uh, definitely not the actual homosexuality. There wasn't any actual homosexuality happening. He kept showing Werner Herzog his phone pictures. Yeah. <laughs> this is my boyfriend's dick. Yeah. <laughs> Could you narrate over this dick pic? I think Werner Herzog probably would have been down for if that that would have yeah, been w- something Werner, he was interested. Werner is very down. Yeah, right. For adventures. Totally, totally. But it was more the. Uh, just like, oh my god, settle down. Um, so Devs is not a good show, oh. but it's got it's so <laughs> it's Nick Offerman, okay, uh, from Parks and Rec, Parks and Rec, playing a uh, like tech guru, CEO, magnate, oh, Elon fun. Musk type character, mm. and he's great. Yeah. He's really fucking good. That's it's fun. it's like it's actually makes me really like Nick Offerman because he's like, wow, you can really do this really well. Yeah. Um. But the girl, who is one of the worst actresses I've ever seen in my life, is the dancing girl from uh, Ex Machina. Okay. I think. The dancing girl? You know, the robot. 
Oh, the robot herself. Yeah, I think okay. I think that's the main girl. Okay. And she's one of the worst actresses I've ever seen. It's schlocky. Why would you say the dancing girl and not the robot for the X Machina? Dancing robot. She, she's like the robot first. And she's the dancing I vaguely robot. remember her dancing. <laughs> I definitely remember her being a robot. Okay, I remember the dancing first. But it's uh, like me saying, you know, Mad Men. The show with the guy who drives the car? No, 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 because there's two robots. The main robot is the main girl. Who's the dan I don't even remember the dancing. He's robot. like assistant. Remember his assistant that they, they dance together, the Asian assistant oh, robot. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, okay. it's not what's her name. Okay. Michael Fassbender's girlfriend, who's yeah. whatever her name is. Um some Russian name. Yeah, no boobs, Mick hot face. Uh Elliot so, Roger. <laughs> so um <laughs> She, yeah, she's really bad, and but the show's very well written. It's it's I, it's definitely like I like the show, but you got to buy it because it's on FX, so you have to buy the episodes mm. for like one ninety nine. That's what I've been into. My show recommendation is Rectify, which is oh yeah, this I've heard this. a Sundance TV show that is all the seasons are on uh, Netflix now, and they're short. The first season is like six episodes long, and the premise is basically this guy has been on death row for nineteen years. For the rape and murderer, murderer, the murderer, Jesus, too much booze. <laughs> the rape <laughs> and murder, the rape and murder of his uh, teenage girlfriend, and he gets released based on a DNA exoneration uh, and has to go back and live in this small Georgia town. So he moves back in with his family, and he's been gone since he was like eighteen. So he doesn't know how to function in the world now. He's like thirty-eight years old. It's quite excellent. Uh, hmm. very Who played anybody any actors i would know no big names except for the guy do you remember the guy that got fired from lethal weapon clayne crawford <laughs> the lethal <laughs> weapon tv that. show he is on it and he's excellent but it's all like southern character actors it's very slow like slow pacing extremely emotionally draining but excellent amazing television hmm. Right. Uh, yeah, this is the second I've heard of this, so I will watch yeah. Rectify. It's very, it, it has a very specific feel to it. It's yeah. not for everyone, but it's very good. And it's very ambiguous. Like, you never know for sure if he actually did it, which I like a lot. You kind of have to make your own determination about his character during the course of the show. Nice. So, I need to make a prediction on the record about Dev so everybody can hear it. Yes. So we don't know what Dev stands for. Okay. We don't know why it's called Dev. So it's D period E period V it's period. It's actually not. It's literally just Dev. Isn't that short for developers? Yes. So that's what they say, but that makes no sense. Okay. So uh, I'm going to make a prediction of what Dev stands for, and okay. it's deve uh, deterministic... It's going to be the E, I'm not sure. It's going to be like evolutionary or, a, a, you know, engineered or something viewing system. Okay. So like most of his work, it's about a very cool sci-fi concept, which I want to ruin. Anyway, let's keep going. Okay. Now let's just talk about the show forever. Um, so I, I kind of broke up. My movie record... I've watched a shitload of movies Yeah, well, recently. no, I want to hear because right. normally you're way behind yeah, on your movies. But, but these are like not new movies. This is just stuff that you can stream. I want to recommend, uh, first of all, some Adam Agoyan movies. Uh, he's the director that made The Sweet Hereafter. And he's got at least two movies streaming on Netflix, uh, Chloe and Remember. And what I love about Adam Agoyan is he takes very trashy plots and premises and makes like prestige gloss feeling films out of them. Really? So it's this very weird vibe. Like Chloe is about this woman who suspects her husband is cheating on her. So she hires a prostitute to fuck her husband 
and then she gets turned on by the prostitute telling her <laughs> stories about her fucking her husband. But it stars Liam Neeson and Julianne Moore. Really? Yeah. It's like a thriller, very trashy and very fun. Uh, and his other movie is called Remember, which stars Christopher Plummer. And it's about this old man. Oh, with no, no, no. I love Christopher. Uh, Hitchens? No. Different Christopher or somebody. But anyway, keep going. It's, uh, uh, he plays this elderly man with dementia in a nursing home. And his friend uh, convinces him to go murder a Nazi. Uh. And it's basically this old man trying to go kill a Nazi. But he can't remember what he's supposed to do. So he has this list that he follows. Very B-movie type film but I have a moratorium on all all fictional movies involving Nazis one of our attorneys is a Jew (laughs) I just can't take it I I can't I can't take it anymore because it's just it's always the same fucking story and I just I need if we're gonna do World War II I'm super down but we need just like a different lens just give me any other lens this uh this is not really about I know, him being I know. a Nazi. I, I totally get it, but Nazi as bad guy, I can't. I can't uh, take Nazi uh, as bad guy. Uh, just watch the movie. Okay, uh, right. You don't have to watch it, but our listeners can't. It's called Remember. It's lots of fun. I just love. You don't see that like prestige type movies are very proper in their plots, and these are so sleazy that it's just enjoyable to watch it. It has a very odd feeling to it because you're seeing these fancy actors with beautiful cinematography. But like it's, it's Julianne Moore trashy. getting turned on by yeah. uh, the prostitute telling her about her sex escapades with her husband. Very fun. What uh, what else has he done? I know that name, but I don't. He know made the Sweet Hereafter. What was that? That was the that was his biggest. It was the, the big Academy Award winning movie. It's about the bus crash. Um, Ian Holm was in it. Like they sue somebody. It's been years since I've seen that. That's like his most well-known. He made Exotica, which is about a strip club. I remember that coming out, but that was a long time ago. Yeah, that was 97. Chloe was 2003. I, I don't think I've ever seen a single one of these movies. Yeah, they're fun. He's like, I've, I appreciate him more as an adult because you see that tension hmm. in his filmmaking. And it's lots of, he's Canadian. Canadian, yeah, Adam Agoyan. Adam Agoyan. So... I, I want to recommend some horrible movies okay, if you're in the mood for yeah, awful Netflix for movies. There's a movie called The Assignment, which the premise of... You're, you're I know. The, pre- the premise of The Assignment <laughs> is totally bananas. It's about this hitman who gets captured and given forced transgender reassignment surgery and gets turned into a woman. Wow. And then the woman goes again on revenge against the people that did that to her. It has Sigourney Weaver in it, uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Um, who is the guy that was in The Devil Wears Prada? Um, what is that actor's name? He's like Stanley a, Tucci. Stanley Tucci. Yeah. Stanley Tucci's in it. It is fucking horrible. It's one of the worst <laughs> movies. I've, I had to turn it off. It's so bad. <laughs> it's a but, good idea. I like the idea. If you want to watch, and it's made by Walter Hill, who's like a well-respected filmmaker. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. And then speaking of Stanley Tucci, if you're a filmmaking connoisseur or you want to make films or write scripts, I have to recommend The Core, which also stars Stanley Tucci and Aaron Eckhart. It's a 2003 disaster film. About going to the core of the earth. Yes. I love The Core. The Core is- I mean, it's terrible, but I love it. What's great about The Core is the tone is off- 
So they think they're making a very serious movie, but it's actually very goofy. Yeah, yeah I think I remember when that. When characters die, it plays comedically. Yeah. It's yeah. just wrong. But they didn't know they, were, they weren't winking at the audience or anything. It's just badly made. Yeah. So that's two hours of pure fun because you're watching it like, this is a mess. Yeah. They got the tone completely wrong. Yeah, we, available I, I've been watching, uh, we watched World War Z ah. last night, and I'm also reading World War, World War Z. Yes, very different. Very. Uh, the funny thing is, they're literally almost opposites. Yes. The, the movie is the opposite of the book. Yeah. And the movie is a bad way to do what the book does so fucking well. And it would have been so interesting if they had doubled down on the weird, like... I feel like there's always this debate in movies of do you show the exposition of the news story? Yeah. Because that's easy, right? It's easy and it's like low-hanging fruit and it does a lot of work for you. It's like the asteroid is coming in and blah, 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 blah. Yes. You know what I mean? That's very easy. Yeah. I actually Info like dump. I, I like that. I also like narrated movies, so I like exposition because I like words, right? So I don't need a lot of... I don't care if it's like... I like that expositional element if it's if it's well written. What they did with World War Z is instead of World War Z, the book is not you know it's schlock, but it's kind of fun schlock. It's uh, written by Mel Brooks's son. Yeah, it's all kind of like uh, vignettes about this zombie yeah. catastrophe happening. Different perspectives. All different perspectives. So it's like a you know anthology. It's not an anthology instead of what I think they should have done with the movie is gone totally anthology. They should have told the whole movie like the book, literally without any character. Like a like, bunch of short films. A, a bunch of mini short films yeah. all adding up to the main thing, which Hollywood would have been a cool is, way to Hollywood do Hollywood is way too afraid to they're do that. Afraid. Well, yeah. now they're starting. It's like you see movies like Searching or the movies that all take place on the computer screen. They kind of are like that. Yeah. And they should have doubled down on that. But instead, they were too scared and they made it all about one character, Brad Pitt, which is yeah. the total opposite of the book. They did the entire third act of that movie is reshot too. And it's the beginning's not bad. But yeah, the beginning, it, that movie is pretty okay for like half of it. Yeah. And then it's, and the third act, you can definitely tell there was reshoots for. Right. My favorite parts of disaster and horror movies, the reason I love watching disaster and horror movies, I actually, I don't like the second half of those movies. Yeah, you just like the disaster. No, I don't even like the disaster. I like what they think of as like normal life. Oh, like the Independence Day style Yeah, I, I love of the beginning. Of, we also just recently watched The Descent. Ah, yes. Lesbian horror movie, which is actually pretty great. Until uh, the all end. All women. Yeah, because it, it just gets so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, them going down into the caves in The Descent is great. terrifying. And yeah. then the monsters come and you're like, and oh, like what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. So, I love the first, like, 33% of horror movies where it's, like, the normal people. Right. Like, and this is what, like, normal life is. Like, I like seeing what they think of as, this is normal life. And then I love the beginnings of the, like, you know, the terrible thing happening. And then I just, I don't care anymore. Yeah, Yeah. But, so those are some movies I've been watching. We watched, um... There Will Be Blood is on Netflix. One of my favorite movies of yes. all time. Just so good. Mm-hmm. So much better than anything else being made. Um, Apocalypse Now is on there. My all-time favorite film. What else you got? So I have some like lesser-known movies that 
might be fun for you to watch. There is a Jude Law submarine film called Black Sea, mm. which is like just a fun thriller. Really? Black yeah. Sea, okay. And it's Jude Law in his character actor phase that he's in now because he's kind of fat and he's yeah. losing his hair. <laughs> well, he's and he's great. For a while, yeah. uh, he's Now that he doesn't have to be Adonis pretty boy and yeah. he's just like a guy, he's very good. And it's just a fun, it's not super smart or intelligent, but it's like a fun thriller. I've always liked Jude Law. I like submarine movies. Yeah. So this is a good one. They're all British. Jude Law has a Scottish accent the whole time, which is interesting. Mm. That was a good film. Headhunters, the Norwegian movie. Oh, yeah. Great. Love that movie. It was, I actually don't remember it that well, but I did watch it. It's about, it's about a guy who is a corporate recruiter. Yeah. And he also steals art. Like right. he's an art thief. And he steals the wrong art from a guy who's like a special forces nut. Yeah. And then it's just about him being chased for it. Uh, so yeah. very fun. Eighth grade I watched. Did you watch Eighth Grade? No, people oh yeah, people love that movie. It I it's an hour and a half long. It took me two and a half hours to watch it because I was having PTSD <laughs> from being thirteen years old. Incredible movie. I just don't want to. I don't want to go through that, though. You know what I mean. If you don't want to go no through it, it's fine. I have no but interest in going through that. It's incredibly awkward. Yeah. I was cringing and uncomfortable for the entire time. I I was skeptical because I'm like, yeah, people are talking too much about it. But it's like on Amazon or Canopy and fantastic. You know what we watched was Okja. Ah, yes. So Bong Joon Ho yes. of recent fame, Parasite. Yes, and also, oh, you know what else I watched? The host. In, in, uh, during my honeymoon, I watched Memories of Murder, yes. which is his first movie, which is fantastic. Yes. Better than Parasite, in my opinion, by a lot. And, uh, but Okja did nothing for me. I didn't no, get, I was just like, what? It was set up, and it's creative, but then it's just like, what is going on? It's just this kind of so flat. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not just, very it involved. It anywhere. I it's mean, like so many Netflix movies. It's so many Netflix movies are like that. It's flat. like there's... Yeah, there's nobody there putting creative tension on anybody. Yeah. So they just do whatever they want. It's just like, it doesn't work. Yeah. I agree with Okja. It's one of his least enjoyable films. Yeah, I just turned it off after a certain point. It it doesn't get very interesting. Jake Gyllenhaal is a man. The whole thing is a Jake Gyllenhaal, that's what I wanted to talk about. What the fuck is going on with Jake Gyllenhaal, man? He's just having fun. He's But these characters he's playing are horrible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's like a bad character. He's just like a shitty character. He's like a really <laughs> bad character actor. Like really bad. Also, the, that art movie, he played a similar character. Also Velvet in Netflix. Buzzsaw? Yeah, it's like I these Netflix people. I didn't watch I was tempted. Ask. It's bad? It's bad. Okay. It's worth watching because any movie that makes fun of the Los Angeles art world in which I am unfortunately immersed yeah. is connected to very it. Very much worth it. Um, you know, we also watched... Uh, for the second time, Nocturnal Animals recently, which also is like, you know, he's better than that, but it's like, I don't know, Jake, Jake is not... Uh, Maybe he's just having a good time. Yeah, I'll see what happens with old Jake. Trained uh, Busan, have you seen that? The Korean zombie movie? Yeah, I think I have seen that. Excellent. And a movie called Trash Fire. Wait, what happens in Train to Busan? It's about a dad and daughter who are on a train, and he's taking her to his estranged wife, and then a zombie outbreak happens. Hmm, maybe I haven't seen it. And it's a very emotionally... It's probably my favorite zombie movie. It's at least the one I felt the most emotionally... 28 Days Later? Come on. No, I like it better than 28 Days Later. It's... It's very moving in, in a weird way. They really spend time on the characters. So when you lose the characters to the zombies, 
it's it's quite affecting and i i admired that quite a bit it's just a very well-made fun movie i gotta write down i feel like i've definitely seen it but isn't it by one of those famous korean guys yeah uh is it by the old boy guy no it's not a park chanwook film man old by the way best we never talked about the oscars we missed the whole oscars yes we did so really uh parasite winning was to make up for burning which is actually a better movie than parasite not yet watched burning, also about class but yeah. just better most of their movies are about, about class. class well yeah but burning is like the movie that parasite would have been if it had been more of like Bur- burning is so good nice it's burning on is like, as well burning is like early right it's like david lynch meets like a really minimalistic director like who would be you know like the guy who did let the right one in which is also one of my favorite yep. movies of all time yeah. that did winter bomb or whatever that swedish guy's name yeah it's like a hyper minimalist director like who's like a f- hyper minimalist like beautiful shots director david lean who what did he do he's lawrence of arabia well okay that's how you it's minimalist uh, right sure but i mean like newer well who would be newer that does that there's definitely like a certain style. The guy, um, the Greek guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, the the Greek guy. Yes. What is it, Lanthimos? Yeah, Lanthimos. Yeah. Zor- Yo, yes, that's yeah. a great. It's like Lanthimos Yorgamos meets like David Lynch E, and it is just so fucking good. They don't tell you anything. It's like you have to decipher everything yeah. yourself. It's the tension they build. Burning is. Is actually a fucking fantastic movie. That, is that his name, Lanthimos Jorgamos? I'm, I'm sure we're saying it wrong. He made uh, The Lobster and The Killing of a Sacred Deer. And yeah. his second movie, Dogtooth, is on Canopy. I think it's on Canopy. Canopy or Amazon. Yeah, I actually don't like his his uh, movies at all. I actually really dislike them. I, the favorite was fine. Let's see. And then I've been really getting into movies from the late 50s. Ugh. I just watched... <laughs> That that would be my reaction, but there's a bunch of really dark, almost evil movies from that era that you can stream almost all of them. Bigger Than Life, where James Mason gets addicted to cortisone and turns into the horrible monster who's abusive to his family. Hmm. Um, Run Silent, Run Deep, which is a great submarine movie starring Bert. <laughs> Another submarine movie. Bert, I love, I could watch any submarine movie. <laughs> Bert Lancaster and Clark Gable. That's a good uh, episode. We should just watch a bunch submarine of submarine movies. movies. The only one I've never really enjoyed a submarine movie. Uh, there's something about the weird culture of submarines that, that I like. like. Uh, Patterns. You've been on a submarine? I have not. Yeah, that's something you got to do. Patterns, which is a Rod Serling movie about. Uh, it's basically like 1950s corporate whiplash. Very, oh, okay, very yeah, intense. Yeah. The Killing, of course, Stanley Kubrick's heist movie. A face in the. Cr- Wait, I have seen the killing. Yeah, that's like one of the most famous late fifties. Is 50s. it good? Yeah, it's very good. Really? Yeah, very good heist plot movie. Um, I really don't like watching old movies. It's I, like we're past a certain like nineteen seventy. That's where I draw the line. The f- late fifties. This next one, I mean, the the classic one is the Sweet Smell of Success, also with Burt Lancaster. Um, very dark and cynical movie. But I watched this movie called A Face in the Crowd which stars Andy Griffith as this like drifter who becomes a radio star 
and he essentially becomes like a Rush Limbaugh in the 50s and becomes immensely powerful. And it's just a very dark and bleak ending. Weird, creepy stuff happens. Like, it's pretty amazing that that movie was made in the 50s. It's extremely good. So Hmm. there's some quite excellent stuff from that era that's very dark and not at all the the typical 50s stuff that you would expect. Yeah. So I recommend any one of those. They're almost all streaming. I think you have to watch Larger Than Life on, uh, or Bigger Than Life on Criterion if you want to watch it. Mm. And then the other thing that I want to recommend people do is to dislodge yourself from movies that you loved in the past but are probably not good to kind of take off your nostalgia glasses because I also did that. <laughs> okay. By watching the entirety of the Austin Powers trilogy. Uh, well, comedy is tough. You know, comedy but, doesn't hang, hold but up But this, well. is, this is what's interesting. Uh, if For our younger listeners, Austin Powers were three movies made between 97 and 2002, which were like James Bond in like Flint parodies. And uh, I watched all three of them. The first one still holds up. It's still funny. The second two movies are dog shit. You can't say that about comedy. Yes, you can. I don't think you can. You can, because if the first movie holds up, right, and it does, it's still funny. Why did the second two movies fail so badly? Because comedy is just not like that. Like, I I went back and tried to watch Ace Ventura recently. You can't watch it. It's like, it's not... That movie made me laugh harder than anything in life ever. But the only thing that ever beat it was Anchorman later. But it's like you go back and watch Ace Ventura. You're like, this. What would this is so stupid? But isn't that connected to how old you were when you saw it? How old were you when you saw yeah, Ace sure. Ventura? Yeah, sure. It's connected to how old were you when you saw it. But it's like comedy just doesn't hold up. It doesn't work that way. Like you can't. You don't watch a '50s comedy and be like, ah. It's I just think that you can't. I don't agree with that. I think that the some <laughs> some very specific comedies are still very relevant to. I mean, the the touchstones are different, especially if they're culturally related. But the thing that was really funny about watching those three movies was you could really see with the first one like how controlled and disciplined the comedy was. And especially in comparison to the shit that came out in the 2000s, which was very improv-focused, like there was just little beats. Well, comedy's dead. I mean, comedy is at an all-time level. Yeah, of course. It's at a, the lowest it's ever been. I, I mean, agree. And I'm hoping, you know, it'll go back. But. but the first Austin Powers movie, still funny, Still has individual moments that are funny. It's very character focused, which is why it's funny. The second two movies are not. They're catchphrase focused. They're just based on repeating catchphrases. They're just repeating the phrases people like. And moments that they think people wanted. And that was very interesting to me because I remember being like, I don't know, a teenager and seeing Austin Powers, a spy who shagged me and just be like, this is funny because they're doing the stuff that they did before. (laughs) But it doesn't hold up at all. Yeah. Totally, totally broken. Like yeah. bad. You know, when they made fun of him for making that, the, they made fun of Mike Myers for making The Love Guru. Yeah. Those movies are as bad as The Love Guru. Yeah. They're, they're as bad. They're not any more funny than that movie. Well, is. he was basically trying to do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I, again, I don't way really. Way too much, way too much power. I don't believe in critiquing comedies that way because it's just fucking impossible. Okay. So this was a Reddit post from. Uh, one month ago. Okay. Jesus. Seems like years ago. 
That's the uh, common observation. <laughs> Didn't we um, talk about that on a podcast? Yeah. So Madag- it's called the title is Madagascar and Tropic Thunder. Has anyone else noticed similarities between these two Ben Stiller led movies? Both follow groups of delusional celebrities dropped into a jungle thinking they are somewhere else. Movie set versus San Diego Zoo. I've actually never seen Madagascar, but I, guess, I have not either. Yeah. I'm not a Both have boy. Ben Stiller's character being separated from the group and is drawn into a deeper, more hostile form of himself and then needs to be rescued from this state by a black slash white colleague, which is like, I guess, a zebra in one and uh. then the other guy. Even the characters themselves have similarities. Ben Stiller's Alex the Lion and Tug Speedman are celebrities that love the fame they have once had. There's a larger character, a skinny, higher-pitched voice, and a black-white character that doesn't know who he is anymore. So it's like they basically are the same movie. And lo and behold, they came out the same year, have the same writer. So the guy who wrote Madagascar also wrote Tropic Thunder, and it's the same fucking story. You notice that a lot in movies, actually. If you go back, like Scorsese's movies, they're the same fucking movie every fucking time. It's like Gangs of New York and Departed are the same exact movie. It's always about a guy dealing with a like bigger boss guy and being sort of a like Judas character. It's like being sort of like a you're kind of in and you're kind of out. Goodfellas, yeah. same thing. It's always about like a guy who's like kind of ratting. It's like everything is that same fucking story. There's only so many stories and themes, right? Well, but I, and I think so many, if you really were to like dissect the stories of our great filmmakers and our great storytellers, it's the same shit. Well, the thing you have to be careful of though is like not drawing facile comparisons because a lot of the time, surface level, you can like point, oh, these two things are exactly the same. Yeah. But like on a deeper level, they're not. Yeah. So uh, you kind of have to be careful of like going down that path too much. Like when people talk about, you know, when people say like, oh, the Irishman is just like, you know, other Scorsese gangster movies. That's not really true. Like the Irishman is very much about regret. Yeah. And, you know, like the Goodfellas is about being a young person and getting into the mob. Right. And the Irishman is about being an old person and looking back at your time in the mob. But all his movies are about dealing with a huge criminal underlord and being oh, underlord, underlord. O- overlord. Somebody's had too and, much to drink. And uh, I'm drinking. Being both, you know, like playing both sides. You know, like his movies are always about playing both sides it's in some about way. That? Well, casinos, I don't like casino, but... Uh, oh, so... Uh, so it doesn't uh, count. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, okay. It's not a Scorsese movie. I didn't it's know that's concerned. how... Okay. <laughs> we just count the movies we want to count. Anyway, all right. So, yeah. The reason I thought of this, like, attachment to the past was I love reading dumb Facebook posts, and, oh, somebody's, and somebody sent me this one. Oh, okay. I'm not D- don't read the name. Don't read the name. I'm going to have to edit that out so. now. So this is classic nostalgia glasses, and this is what I want to encourage everyone to I avoid. See. Okay, sorry, I, I went on a huge tangent there. Uh, watched Hook on Netflix last night from twelve thirty a.m. to three a.m. It's fascinating. Steven Spielberg made what I would call a time capsule film. He basically made a children's film that '90s kids would love. Almost every other generation has panned it, pun intended, with twenty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know how you'd know who is a member of what generation via Rotten Tomatoes, but that's fine. Right. 
and 30 years later could only be enjoyed by the adults who fell in love with it when they were kids. The Freudian ideas of parenthood and abandonment are well-crafted. The themes of growing up and overcoming fear are dealt with seriously. It's a very deep script for a PG-rated family film. Dustin Hoffman was iconic as Captain James Hook. That's where you lose me. (laughs) Captain James Hook. Bob Hoskins stole all his scenes. Robin Williams didn't do any of his stand-up persona like in other films. Yeah, because Robin Williams never acted in any movies. He was always being wild and crazy Robin Williams. Uh, Playing Peter as real as he could. And the iconic catchphrases. It's like the Jerry Maguire of family films. And then he lists a bunch of quotes from Hook, I guarantee none of which you guys would guess. Of course not. Run home, Jack. Bangarang. Kill the lawyer. Looky, looky, I got hooky. What would the world be without... No, I don't know any of these things. Of course not. All I remember from that movie is Rufio, beginning and end. Yeah. Um, Yet the film feels as if Spielberg and Williams weren't making a kid's film for children. They were making a children's film. (gasps) Oh! For adults. Okay. This is what I'm talking this about. Is this is somebody who I don't want to make fun of this individual person, but it's this attitude of like, this movie was made for me. But your love for it is only present because it brings back these memories of your childhood and you're unable to disconnect that from the art and like look at it. Like Hook is not a good movie. I'm sorry. It's I'm so- not good. It's just not good. It's overlong. Dustin Hoffman is terrible. Bob Hoskins steals every scene. I don't think so. It's just a big overstuffed mess. Even Spielberg has admitted it's one of his weaker films. You know what? I totally agree with you all the time, but except for, you know what actually is a great movie is Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I Every time I watch it, it's better than the last time. Let's do a, let's do a watch party. Hey, really? We'll I can watch. watch that movie you can, every day, and I love it. Either... Listeners, do you want a watch party or do you want movie? We've been promising movie commentary for Armageddon for like two years now. I so will watch to, Armageddon any we day have to of the deliver. week. But this is what, I, if you guys have time and you have some movies that you just love and you say that you love, but you haven't watched it in like 20 years, I encourage you to go and cleanse yourself yeah, by watching some That does happen sometimes. And it's very sad when that happens. But it's I love sad. it. I sad. loved watch. Uh, that happened to me uh, recently with some movie that I watched again and I was like, oh, this movie kind of su- Oh, Gangs of New York. Mm. Gangs of New York sucks. Oh, no. It's so dumb. But what it's is- like when you, the first time I watched it, I liked it so much. But it's actually the first scene where they're fighting and it's like rap music. It's like boom. And the woman goes like jumps literally on the screen goes and she has the, have you seen it? I don't remember. It's been a long time. There's a fight in the beginning. And the, 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 the fight, fight is set up very well, but the fight is played. It's like Scorsese must have been like listening to rap music at the time or something. So it's like suddenly they're in early, you know, 1700s New York or I guess it's mid 1800s. Yes. And uh, Civil War era. The fight starts and it's like suddenly like, you know, contemporary like beat. You know, like shitty, oh wow, like Fruity Loops, like you know, like it sounds like the synthesizer beat where you just press one of the buttons. I have and to then watch it, that. And then this woman that. in the fight like jumps across the screen <laughs> with a cat, fla- cat claws and goes, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh my god, this movie. Catwoman so made a cameo, which is so funny because Mar- this is just uh, Daniel Day Lewis is so good 
that he's able to like exist in this totally oh, ridiculous he carries yeah. that movie. And it's like he's just on a such Every, a different level. Everyone and then he else plays the same role. He's Daniel Plainview is that same character, just like of There Will Be Blood. Everyone yeah. else is doing like shady Irish accents and stuff. Yeah, and barely hanging on. Yeah, he's doing a different. And thing. he's like in his own world. But if All you right. if you guys have the time. This is a good exercise. I love it for myself because forever I was like, the Austin Powers movies are all, you know, they're funny comedies. And I kept telling myself that. And you let yourself free. And then to look at that, you go like, oh, I can make rational determinations about what is actually good art and what is not. Yeah. So you, if you have the time, just go back and look at your favorites. I might have to go watch Southland Tales again. I don't know. I would have to advise though with comedies. It's like that's you're going to be a disappointed because I disagree. you're never going to be. I, I watched we, me and Gracie watched Dumb and Dumber the other night. Right. And it's I mean come on, you know I mean there's a few chuckles, but it's like you're not going to laugh like you did with the first time you saw. Dumb well, the and surprise Dumber. is gone. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. And so much comedy is dependent upon it's surprise. Also, just it's, for some reason, comedy just doesn't last. It, it doesn't last that way. For I don't know why it's no. like it's it's very con- like reliant on contextual. Let's cues. do a com- we have to look at an episode where we look at like what are comedies that have lasted and are they there good? aren't any comedies all lose their juice. Mm, There's no such thing. There is no such thing as a com- you can watch a drama from the 50s 60s and it still holds up. There's right. you can't. There's yeah, no, there no comedies on no, my uh, yeah. on my list that I gave. No, you can't. It doesn't. Some work. like it hot. People always cite that. People one. say that, but is it's that like one com- funny? No, it's this is just. Idiots writing this. All right. Write us. Tell us. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. You want a daddy to take your panties off? That's right. If you want a daddy to take your panties off, you can contact us in a variety of ways. You can email us at notahugefanpodcast at gmail.com. You can join our forum, which is nahf.boards.net. Make a username and you'll get sometimes interesting posts there. It's deliciously early internet. Yes. It's a really horrible forum. Yeah. You can call us on our voicemail line which is 213-262-9544. And as always, please rate and subscribe to us on your preferred platform. Or if your preferred podcast platform doesn't have ratings, rate us on Apple Podcasts. That's the best one to do it at. Yeah. You can find me at isaacsimpson.com. That is my portfolio site. So it's going to be a copywriting portfolio. It's not like some fancy podcast site, as I am a professional copywriter. Uh, That's pretty much it. You can find my email on there if you must email me, which you can, please, by all means, email me, but not too much. Because if too many people email me, I will have to change my email. (laughs) You can follow me on Twitter, on my dog shit Twitter account, which is at Funzeroni. And all my social media is at Funzeroni when I reactivate it i think instagram is currently down but it might go back up again and uh yeah that's it bye bye